The Fitness Reborn podcast is a companion piece to Renaissance Fitness personal training. This podcast is to serve as educational and entertainment purposes only. It does not in any way constitute as medical advice. If you have a medical concern, please seek out your provider. Hello and welcome. This is the Fitness Reborn podcast. My name is Sean from Renaissance Fitness Personal Training, where we put movements ahead of workouts. And in this uh, podcast episode, I'm going to touch on muscle strength and aging. Okay, so that's kind of something I've already gone over before in previous podcasts. If you've been listening, you know that already, but um, I feel like it bears some repeating because it is something that does affect all of us eventually or right now, depending on who you are. And in this podcast, I'm going to kind of uh, put my finger on a couple of actual uh, syndromes that actually contribute to the degradation of muscle strength in people as we get older. Okay, so the magic word here is uh, sarcopenia. So sarcopenia is a medical term and is described as age-related decrease in lean muscle mass. All right, so as you get older, you know that your physical strength tends to wane. All right, anyone who has elderly relatives or is elderly will know that. All right, it's just a part of the natural process of living and getting older. All right, so sarcopenia has apparently three different levels to it. So you have or three different stages. Okay, so you have presarcopenia, which is just a simple loss of muscle mass. That may or may not be related to aging. Sarcopenia itself is a muscle loss that occurs in conjunction with a loss of strength or physical performance. Okay, so it's not necessarily just the loss of muscle mass in itself that qualifies it, it seems, as sarcopenia. You could lose muscle mass just by being inactive. But sarcopenia seems to be when your muscle mass is in alignment, your muscle mass loss is in alignment with your physical performance, all right, of some kind. So even if you are a generally active person, if you're still losing your ability to maintain uh, an adequate amount of muscle mass, that's sarcopenia. So, and severe sarcopenia occurs when muscle loss is present with both physical strength and physical performance, all right? So that's the three levels as defined by this article. It was published in 2014, so it's within a decade uh, old. And in addition to the sarcopenia, we have another uh, condition is called cachexia. So cachexia tends to be very similar to sarcopenia, and sometimes uh, one gets mislabeled as the other. But uh, cachexia is a complex metabolic syndrome that is always associated with an underlying illness, okay, or in some sort of inflammatory condition that results in a loss of muscle and fat mass. All right, so, so you know, s- sarcopenia, I don't really know. It seems to me sarcopenia almost kind of stands on its own. It's just something that tends to happen. Or it's just almost part of the natural aging process to a degree. And cachexia is related to an actual 
um, diagnosed illness. All right, so cachexia seems to be the more severe of the two here because that involves increases in muscle protein synthesis and degradation, the basal metabolic rate and energy expenditure, inflammation, and insulin resistance. All right, the practicing clinician might have difficulty distinguishing whether it is sarcopenia or cachexia beyond the loss of tissue, regardless Regardless, the loss of muscle mass and strength and function. Okay, so two words here to remember is sarcopenia and cachexia. All right, so we all know, again, that we get weaker as we get older physically. So the magic number here seems to be 70 years old because when they were doing this study, the study is called Mitchell's Group, all right, when they were... When they were measuring <clears throat> measuring their clients, they found as much as a 0.5 to 1% loss of muscle mass per year after 70 years of age and a 4.7% loss compared with peak mass in men and 3.7 decrease for women per decade. So the clinical trials addressing sarcopenia involved patients who were 70 years and above. Muscle strength declines by 10%. 10 to 15% per decade up to the age of 70. And then once you hit 70, it accelerates even more to 25 to 40% per decade here. All right, so the degradation, you know, I think after a certain point here, particularly for, I think, men in their, once they hit in their 30s and they start getting into their 40s because of the dips in uh, testosterone and things like that, when testosterone has a big role and um, muscle building and muscle strength and just kind of continues on from there so, but once you hit 70 though it seems like the decline tends to increase even more all right so when they went on to measure actually the cross-sectional area of thigh muscles in patients that were you know hitting about, let's see, about 65, 65 years, 65 years old, they measured the cross-sectional area of their thigh muscles as a specific portion of the thigh. And when they measured it again at 77 years, it was approximately 15% decrease in mass Right? And knee extensors and flexors were both significantly smaller and weaker 12 years later. All right. So that's, so that's interesting. So they actually found by measuring a certain portion of the body that, in fact, it was a physical decrease in not only size but in strength. So the metabolic consequences of aging, we know that too, like the insulin, um, insulin sensitivity decreases a lot. The changes in decreases in muscle uh, protein synthesis, but little change in degradation. This suggests that muscle turnover and repair capacity is likely decreased with age. Okay. Now in terms of like the muscle fiber distribution with age, so we typically have two types of muscle fibers in our body, all right, or two main types of muscle fibers in our body. Type 1 fibers are slow 
small, uh, slow contracting and small, low tension output fibers with many mitochondria and uh, air aerobic enzymes for energy production. So it's the Krebs cycle and the electron transport chains and the motion here. These fibers are, are very resistant and are very uh, good for endurance too. So when you think of type 1 fibers, you're thinking of marathon runners and ultra marathon runners and cross country athletes. Okay, These are people that have high amounts of type 1 muscle fibers. Type 2 fibers are much larger and faster contracting fibers that produce large tension output, but they fatigue very quickly. All right, so there's not much endurance to them. And what they found was that as people age, the type 1 fibers tend to take over the type 2 fibers. So again, going back to what I said at the uh, top of the broadcast here is that when we get older, we lose our muscle mass here, and now we have physical evidence that this is actually occurring. This is actually occurring here. So the type one fibers, the ones that are typically associated with muscle strength, these are the ones that you see the power lifters and um, bodybuilders and things like that when they're working when they are in the gym and they're working on getting heavier lifts and heavier reps and things like that. What they are mainly focusing on is the type 2 muscle fibers that contribute to being able to lift very heavy things for a short amount of time. All right. So they don't really understand, it seems, why this really happens here, but it does seem to be this is the case, that type 1 fibers tend to trump type 2 fibers. Now, how do you identify the presence of sarcopenia? Well, there's all kinds of ways you can do that. Uh, you can do it with a CAT scan, an MRI. You can do it with what's called a dual energy X-ray, absorb, absorptiometry, so DXA. It's a less technically uh, challenging methods, hydrostatic weighing and things like that. Um, there's no particularly favored way of doing this here. It's all just kind of at the prerogative of the clinician here. And like I said before, at the top of the broadcast, it's sometimes difficult to be able to weed out which is really happening here. Is it sarcopenia or is it uh, cachexia? Um, sometimes it can be difficult to identify here. All right, but I suppose if there's some sort of underlying identifying organic illness going on here, such as like cancer or things like that, then I guess it's easier to identify. So those are the problems. So what's the solution? Well, the solution is the decrease in muscle strength is really secondary to a diminished muscle mass and protein production here. So how do you combat something like that? Well, what I've spoken about before is that what we all know is that resistance training, even into advanced age, is a must because it has proven time and again that muscles, not just muscles, but also tendons and ligaments and things like that, um, they tend to um, keep their plasticity and their strength longer if they are put under and they are put under duress in a reasonable and responsible sort of way. Okay? So things really only fall apart in a much in a much, you know, 
disastrous and acute sort of way if it's done irresponsibly. But if it's done responsibly, it can maintain its integrity. Okay, so adults between the age of age and 60 and 80 years can experience with appropriate training, there you go again, appropriate training, in other words, acting in a responsible way, 20 to 30% increase in aerobic fitness similar similar to what people far younger to achieve so you you know you're not going to go back to be, suddenly go back to being 20 if you're 80 years old but uh, you can achieve similar results if you train uh, resistance the muscle is also fully capable of responding to resistance training for example men over the age of 66 who train by lifting 80% of their one rep uh, one repetition maximum for 12 weeks experience strength gains of approximately 5% per day, which is similar to what is reported in far younger men. So if you've paid attention to my, my podcast enough, you know that I've mentioned before that one, I don't really believe in senior training, so to speak. Okay, I don't believe that um, you have to really single out a person as being singer and revolve their entire program around that around the, around their own age as a single uh, point of origin as a single point of origin okay so if you treat the person even if they are someone who is 70 years and above if you treat them like they are a rehabilitative patient that is pretty similar to training someone of any age. Okay, so yes, older people have troubles with balance and physical strength, but so do a lot of younger people. All right, and when we're training younger people, we're not training the person in accordance with their age. What we typically do is that we train them in accordance with the things they need help with. And that's what I believed you should do with someone who is also 70. So be they 17 or 70, you should train them in accordance with the health that they need, not in accordance with how old they are. All right? Because again, as the research continues to bear out, it is very reasonable to expect appropriate gains and even wildly great gains with appropriate training. Okay. And even so, it seems that for many patients, the age-related effects on skeletal muscles are largely reversible. Okay, so again, that goes back to what I said earlier. Don't train the person's age, train the person's needs. All right, so unless they've got something particularly devastating going on with them, like unless they've got um, you know, muscular dystrophy or you know, some other incredibly debilitative disease going on here, you really just have to train someone accordance to the training that they need. And more likely than not, if they are otherwise in pretty good health and decent shape, regardless how old they are, they will see the gains from it. Now, of course, beyond physical activity, there is thing other things you have to consider. You have to consider nutrition, okay? So, as with anything, what we put in our mouth makes a big difference as to what kind of results we see from our training programs. 
All right, so a lot of times when you're dealing with uh, sarcopenia or any, you know, or any loss of muscle mass and function to begin with, there's other things going on here, okay? So, but with aging, you have, you know, an aging metabolic system that's uh, playing a role as well here too. So, you know, you've got um, reductions in protein intake, loss of vitamin D, you know, long chain polyunsaturated um, fatty acids deficiencies have been linked to, all these deficiencies have been linked to a decrease in muscle function. Um, you know, nutritional needs are very subjective. They differ from one person to another, but being able to really identify that and to address that appropriately will play a major role in helping someone overcome things like sarcopenia. Um, hormones, you know, we go through hormonal changes as we get older, okay? Like I spoke of, like men before, you know, you know, a man starts to experience decreases in testosterone um, right around, pretty much right around the age of 30, okay? And so and when he starts losing, you know, testosterone levels, not only does that contribute to loss of muscle mass, but also depression and other medical problems like obesity and type 2 diabetes and things like that. So similarly for women, lower levels of estrogen lead to decreased muscle mass and increasingly frail bones, osteoporosis, contribute to decreased activity levels and can be reversed with hormones. You know, a lot of these things can be reversed with hormone therapy, although there that's a whole nother topic. There's a whole cascade of risks that come with that sort of thing. And you know, like I said, I won't go into that here, but uh the changes in hormone levels uh for men and for women, you know, especially for women when they hit menopause are pretty dramatic and can play a significant role here. Okay. So I think the big takeaway from the article, something that you can really do outside of any real medical assistance here is to just train with resistance, okay? So you, know, you have to do it in a level-headed sort of way as with anything, okay? So if you are new or you've been away from strength training for a very long time here, you want, it would be in your best interest to contract or to contact a certified professional and to have them work with you one-on-one. -on -one. Now, obviously you want to check in with your um, clinician, check in with your doctor and make sure everything is, you know, everything is, you know, up to, up to snuff in terms of you know, nothing major going on with you that would make working with a trainer worse for you rather than better. Any trainer would really want you to be inspected by a physical, uh, inspected by a doctor if they thought there was something going on with you that they wanted clearance for in the beginning, especially a lot of times if they're an older person. But doing strength training would help you a great deal. Not only does it help with 
building a ma- uh, muscle mass, but also with depression and mental health and things like that. So, you know, you can't expect any miracles, but you can expect decent results if you train in an appropriate sort of way. So that's the big takeaway from this whole podcast and about sarcopenia and cachexia and all that other good stuff here. Okay, so again, going back to the very the very origin of my podcast and of my philosophy that we need to, you know, the, the overarching crux of my entire argument in and of itself is that we need to continue to train our strength and to keep ourselves functional and living in a respectful and decent sort of way. All right, so this is why these things have to be adopted by you as a lifestyle choice and not just you know, a little hobby that you do here and there just to burn off a few calories, you know, or because you want to fit into an outfit or look good at a wedding or things like that. So you have to really, you have to really come to terms with the fact that this is going to be something that you're going to have to keep up with and this is going to have to be a part of your life. All right. It is so important that you do see it that way because you need to know that this is what you need to do to keep yourself alive and functioning. Okay, so if you want to avoid the terrible travesties of you know broken bones and surgeries and medications and things like that, you know, over the course of your entire lifetime, then you really need to start taking care of yourself and owning your own health and your own um, well-being, okay? So again, that's me getting on the soapbox. Appreciate you listening to this podcast. Um, you can find me at on Facebook at Renaissance Trained. That's the, that's the Facebook business page, Renaissance Trained. On Instagram at Renaissance underscore athletic, Renaissance underscore athletic. And you can email me too at renfitnesswarriors at gmail.com. Renfitnesswarriors at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. This is Sean from Renaissance Fitness. I'm signing off. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Hey, thanks for listening. Don't forget you can become a supporter of the show by becoming a monthly subscriber. No commitments, cancel anytime. Every little bit helps, and I'd sure love your support. Also, you can click any of the links to our social media platforms provided in the show notes, and you can email me at renfitnesswarriors at gmail.com. That's ren, R-E-N, fitnesswarriors at gmail.com. If you got a fitness story to tell, I'd love to hear it. And you never know, you might just find yourself on the show. Until next time, train hard. Peace.